We're going to get ready to worship the risen King, King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. I just feel happy today. Anybody feel happy today? Hallelujah. And I know it's not my own self. I know it's not my own. I can't, sometimes you can't make yourself be happy when you're not, right? But there's this joy of the Lord. Amen. There's a joy on the inside. And I just sense when we're in God's presence, when we're in His presence, we can't help but feel that joy and feel His goodness and His faithfulness to us. This morning, we want to worship Him for that. We want to worship how good He is, how faithful He is. I've got a call to worship out of Nehemiah uh, chapter 9. I'm going to start in the second half of uh, verse 5 there. It says, Stand up and bless the Lord your God forever and ever. Church, can we stand up? You're already standing. Okay. Can we bless the Lord your God forever and ever? Blessed be your glorious name, which is exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens with all their hosts, the earth and everything on it, the seas and all that is in them, and you preserve them. The host of heaven worships you. So, Father, we just come before you this morning. We come before you to worship you, to glorify, to give you praise and honor. Father, we thank you for a joy unspeakable, for a joy that can only come from you. That today we would leave changed from this time in your presence. We would leave with a sense of joy, a sense of rejoicing in who you are and your goodness to us. And so we worship you this morning, we honor you this morning, we give you praise, in your precious name we pray, amen, amen, let's worship him. Church, I love that when we come to this time of taking communion, that what happens is you step into the aisle and you come down, you walk, you put one foot in front of the other and you come to the table. You come to the table and you you pick up these elements that represent the broken body of Christ and his blood shed. And then you circle back around and you go to your seat and, and Pastor Jason comes up. We do the same thing every week. Pastor Jason comes up and we partake of communion together. But what I love is that he came to serve, not to be served. That receiving Christ is active. It's a matter of choice. It is a matter of doing. It's not passive. So, you know, I love... I love that you put one foot in front of the other, that you take the steps to go to the table, that you reach out your hand and you receive the elements, that it's active, that you choose to partake of that divine impartation of grace. As we were singing, I just felt like, um, I just felt like there's a religious spirit that is just putting weights on the shoulders of people and it's got to go. It's got to go in the name of Jesus. 
A religious spirit partners with condemnation. It tells you everything you're not and everything you should be. It uses the word should. Should you be doing that? Should you be, what should you be doing? You shouldn't have done that. It's just a constant. It partners with anxiety. It's got to go as we were singing. Church, I just want to encourage you. You know, we sang the first song, Make Room. We come here with a responsibility. We come here with a responsibility to step into his presence, to put that one foot in front of the other and to close your eyes. Goodness gracious, church, close your eyes during worship because there's nothing to see here. There's nothing here to see. It's why churches have started turning the lights down. I'm sure of it. Should we black out the windows? There's nothing for you to see here. Everything that you need to see is on the inside. And do you know that when people are blind, their, their sense of hearing is so much stronger. They can hear raindrops like way away. They can hear all kinds of stuff. So when you come into worship and you just close your eyes, you can hear him speak. You can sense him move because you close out at least one one opportunity for distraction because there's nothing to see here. As we were worshiping, I saw, I saw myself going, walking through my heart and there's all these doors and I saw the doors and I'm, I have a bucket and it's blood and I'm putting the blood over each doorway and I'm so ashamed of the rooms that are a mess. I'm so upset. Why is it taking so long? Why, God, why is it taking so long? And he just says, just do it, girl. I got it. Just put the blood of the lamb across the door and move on. Some rooms are beautiful. But you know, I don't spend enough time looking at those rooms. Some rooms he has come in and he has done all the work. He has done all the work and they're white. It's white. The mold, the mildew, the stank, the dank, it's all gone. And he did it. He did it. All I did was put the blood on the door and trust that he would do what he says he's going to do. All I did was trust that he is faithful. All I did was stay in the word. All I did was my part. I showed up here so many times throughout these past 23 years, a mess, a mess at the altar, weeping, crying, a mess. For everyone to see, I hated every minute of it, minute of it, but he was working in me and I wouldn't stop. I wouldn't let pride get in my way because I was so desperate for healing. I still am desperate in some of those rooms. So church, today as we take communion, as you go back to your seat, as Pastor Jason comes up, I want you to see the rooms of your heart and I want you to just apply the blood and the body of Christ Jesus Apply it this morning, church. Apply it this morning to all the rooms. Rejoice over the ones he's been in. And for goodness sakes, let us spend time in those rooms. Let us go and dance and rejoice with thanksgiving for who he is and what he's done. And let us just walk the hall of our hearts knowing he is faithful and that he is, there's not a single room where we apply the blood, where he will not go and he will not transform us in his time. Oh, Lord, in your time. 
I saw in this, as I was worshiping, I saw this picture and I just, I was, I was like weary, Lord, how many more doorways? How, how much mess could there possibly be? It seems endless. And what I saw was this white wave. You know, I, some, some seasons in life, it's just, you're weary and you're walking and you're just, you're obeying out of pure will, power and submission and commitment to obedience. And it's painful and it's hard but you're doing it. I saw this white wave coming from behind me and it picked me up and it began surging me past doorway after doorway and the, 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 the water was flooding into the mess and cleaning it almost instantly. That's what I saw and my heart just cried out and said, oh God, let it be. Let it be unto me according to your word. Let it be. So church, that is the word of the Lord for you today. So don't give up. Show up, do your part. Don't worry about the, the songs, the music, the lights, the perfume of the person sitting next to you. If it's too strong, because sometimes it is, y'all. Sometimes it is. It's okay. You can move. You can move. You know, do whatever you have to do. Tell your kids no. I didn't do that this morning. I let one of them distract me. But oftentimes, most of the time, I'm just like, mm-mm, not now. Tell them no. They'll survive actually they'll thrive. Tell them no, not now. Do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to get in the presence, whatever it takes. Okay, I release you. Come down. Uh, the, the elements on the plate are gluten-free. So if you're gluten-free, that's for you. church. Let's do it. With every eye closed, every eye, if I see your eyes, they should be closed. I'm looking at my kids, looking at all the kids. Let's do it. Let's walk the halls of our heart and remember Jesus. Let's pull him into these spaces and these places, the power of the cross do this in remembrance of me, he said. Do this in remembrance of me. Do not forget the price I paid for you. Do not forget the price I paid for your, for your heart, for your life, that you might live, that you might live abundantly. Do this in remembrance of who I am. every room. He would say today, I desire every space in you for I am the one who restores. I am the cleaner. I am the lover of your soul. I delight in you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This morning, Father, we open every, every door. And we invite you in. Come, 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 Lord Jesus, come. 
Come, 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 Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this divine impartation of grace. You are washing and cleansing every room, every area of our heart. Lord, and we do, we make space, we make room for you to dwell in those places. Lord, we thank you for your sacrifice, the price that you paid your body broken, your blood shed to make a way for us. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. The Bible says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. We'd given thanks, he broke, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. same manner he also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes let us partake church stand with me we're going to continue to worship I'd like to just remind you guys that the altar is open if that was for you this morning, if that word that Pastor Liz had, if that was something that just resonated with you, I mean, it resonated with, 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 me, with me, I would just encourage you to come up front. Close your eyes. Well, get up here first. Then close your eyes and just worship him and worship him and sense his presence, his transforming presence of who he is, that only he can do what he does. Amen? Let's worship him. I feel as though the Lord would say that some here have looked upon that which the Lord has made in them and said, no, unlovable, no. I feel as though there are some here who have despised parts of them so thoroughly that they have taped, gagged, bound, 
and thrown to the dungeon, the parts of them that they despise, that they say unlovable, unlovable. And I feel as though the Lord would say, I am holy. I am righteous. And it is I, says the Lord, that created you. I make no mistakes. I call you holy. I call you worthy. I call you mine, says the Lord. Repent, says the Lord. Repent, says the Lord God. Turn away from the hatred, the loathing, the shame. I have never put that upon you. Repent, says the Lord. Turn and walk in my light. In me there is no darkness, says the Lord. And when I am in you and you and in me are in me, there can be no darkness in you. Remain in me. Remain in me. Stay. 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 Lord would say, stop running, stop running, stop running away. My child, do not fear for I am with you. Come out of the dark places. Release the prisoner. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Worship you, Lord. Worship you, Jesus. You want to come up? Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good, church. He is faithful to his word. He is in the business of restoring, reconciling us to the Father, reconciling us to ourselves. His goal is whole. He died that we could be whole in him and him in us. It's the whole point. Thank you, Father. He is so good. He is so good. I love how when we come together, the Lord has an agenda. <laughs> this wasn't on our agenda. We have a little cue sheet. We ignore it, basically. I mean, we do the songs that are on it. <laughs> but, um, I love that when we come together, he has an agenda. His agenda is your heart. Each and every person who walks in the door, you are his agenda this morning. And he has gifts and words for you. He has strength for you, not just when you walk in through this door, but every day when you open your eyes, it's there and it's available. 
but he is so good. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord. It is so good to be part of his church. All right. I don't want to move on. I don't want to move. Um, Okay, Lord, is there anything else? We're not supposed to move. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The only thing I would just add or say is that when we first started worship, there was a sense of joy rising, a sense of joy rising up and a peace and a lightness about everyone who walked into this room. And I would say that throughout this past 45 minutes, whatever it is, at the end of worship, I feel that sense even greater, the sense of joy, of freedom, of lightness, of just casting all of my stuff onto him and not worrying and caring and holding on to it. So I would say that he had the agenda from the beginning, and that's what he wanted to go, and that's what he did. Well, now we're just going to take a little break. Uh, We're going to take maybe five to eight minutes, um, say hello to one another. Uh, If you are a guest with kids, um, nursery is open, zero to three. Littles is open uh, with Miss Jenny. That's ages four, five, and six. Uh, We have, for all all the other kids, we have sermon bags. Um, It runs from like toddler through grade six. So ECF kids, you know, your bags have your name on them. If you're a guest, I have guest bags. It's just little things for kids to do to keep their fingers busy during the sermon. Uh, During the break, you may also bring your tithes and your offerings up into the offering buckets um, and just bless the, bless the Lord in that way. Um, cheerfully giving, uh, anything else? Connection Connection cards are on the back of the seats. If you're a guest, we would love to just have your name and your email and we'll send you a welcome email. And then it's all in your court from there. Um, I am so not a person who likes to be bugged. Oh my gosh. Like say hi to me once. That's cool. Say hi to me three times. And I feel a little, you know, anyway, that's me. Um, that's not him. This guy he can't get enough. Uh, he loves to be made special. <laughs> you just, you're special, honey. Thank you. You're welcome. I, did, I like that. Um, that nice. uh, so connection cards, praise reports, prayer requests, testimonies. If you have one, write it down and put it in the offering. Uh, we read them. We rejoice over them. Sometimes we share them. If you don't want it shared, then write confidential on it, and it will be made confidential. Yeah. So um, that's there to serve you, and I think that's all. We'll come back together for the word in about eight minutes. All right, friends, pack it up, pack it in, let us begin. I don't think that's how it goes. (laughs) It's not the house of pain, it's the house of joy. There's joy in the house of the Lord this morning. All right, no one wants me to sing hip-hop up here. Um, Announcements, I have announcements for y'all. Information to bless you, information to help you, to equip you, to connect, to be resourced, one of my passions is resourcing people. I'm not a teacher necessarily, but I am passionate about like resourcing my kids. I never want them to come upon a situation that they haven't in some way been prepared for as their mom. So I feel the same about the church. Um, I get excited about connecting people with resources. 
I don't, I'm not the resource. We're not marriage counselors, right? We're not um, clinical psychologists who can be very helpful. We are pastors, and I love to connect y'all with resources. So that's what announcements generally is always about, an opportunity to serve, an opportunity to grow, an opportunity to connect. Today, it is water baptism. June 25th, we will be having a water baptism service. There is a sign-up sheet on the back table, um, or you can email at ecf at ecfchurch.org. We do the baptism service. It's the whole service. It's a celebration. The baptismal is up here. We worship. Um, We give the opportunity for anyone to be baptized on that day, even if they didn't sign up. Uh, And it's a celebration because any time a believer makes that outward statement of that public statement of death to life, 100% Jesus, we rejoice. Um, We rejoice. And it's such a wonderful service. Uh, We usually have refreshments after. I mean, we just make it, we make it the, the main event of that service. And it's a blessing. It's a huge blessing to be here for that. So that's June 25th. If you're interested in being water baptized, If you've never been water baptized as an adult, June 25th is your day. Hmm. June 25th is your day to be water baptized as an adult. Um, It's spectacular. Jesus did it. And there is something supernatural that happens. It's not just about getting wet. Um, Just like I say when we were married, you know, two people walked into a building, we said some things, and we walked out. In the natural, you know, but in the, spirit, in the spiritual realm, supernaturally, something occurs. So sign up for baptism or, or email or ask for more information. Word for you today is available. The word for you today is a devotional that we do not write. Our pictures are in the front. So every, lots of people think we write it. We do not write the devotional, but we do distribute the, de- the, the devotional. It's fantastic. They are available on the back table or in the column. Uh, Don't leave today without yours. Also, June Bible reading plan is available. It's a bookmark. Um, I love the bookmark because you can start fresh every month. Uh, I feel like my January bookmark has like five checks on it. And then, (laughs) but that's me. I'm not a checkmark kind of girl. I'm kind of like a free flow, free flow hippie girl. So hippie for Jesus girl. So pick up your bookmark, read along with the Bible reading plan. Uh, Pastor Jason, he's your man. Check, 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 check every single day. Awesome. So if you are a checkmark person, I'm a book. I love to read. So man, I'll use those bookmarks as bookmarks. Um, They're awesome. So grab those. Last announcement. Uh, Paul, if you want to come up. Tonight is the Luciano group. Uh, It's at 6.30 p.m. It is in the sanctuary. It is for all people. And it is taught by the one, the only, Paul Luciano. Three years ago, we were invited to go on a tour to Israel. We went with Pastor Jim and Pastor Pam. And when we approached the uh, city of Capernaum, um, and then over the ark, it said, Home of Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. And uh, they showed us where his house was. It was right on the beach, big house. That's a house they cut a hole in the roof and let the invalid guys down through, you know. Uh, You couldn't do that to just anybody, but I'm sure they knew it was Jesus, and it didn't. He didn't care that much. He was more interested in getting people healed. Well, anyways, um, they had asked me to give my testimony because, as many of you know, that I've been healed of heart disease. And uh, I said, yeah, I'd love to give my testimony. So when they gave me the mic, the tour guide said, 
you got five minutes. Now, you cannot give a 45-minute testimony in five minutes. So I started out abbreviating, 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 you know. That's why I asked Liz how much time. So anyways, <clears throat> we've been teaching on divine healing, and the reason we've been doing that is a lot of people need that. A lot of people need that. And to just give you a little background, I mean, uh, this is not just for people that are needing healing. This is for people that are in perfect health. Because I was raised in an ungodly home, and at the age of 12 years, somebody invited me to Sunday school, a little white church over here on the corner of Heidler and Milfair. And I went there, and I got saved. It was all brand new to me. <clears throat> and I went home and talked to my parents, and to try to keep this short, they got saved. And my mother ended up becoming a Pentecostal preacher. And uh, then I, as we were, we were going to a lot of Bible studies and learning a lot about the Bible, memorizing verses of Scripture, and a lot of us know the conduits for divine healing. Yeah, the laying on of hands, the prayer of faith, put your name on the prayer chain, take communion at the communion table. But we don't know much about the hindrances. The devil doesn't care that you know how to get healed. He doesn't want you healed. And so tonight we start talking about the hindrances to keep you from receiving divine healing and divine health. As time went on, I began teaching a Sunday school class as I got older, and in the 70s, I had about 100 teenagers that I pastored in a downtown church. So I just want you to know that I was not a stranger to divine healing. And in 1999, uh, we took the family to Cancun, Mexico for vacation. We took our pastors, Pam and Jim. And <clears throat> um, the week was going very well. You know, you enjoy the waves and the food. And, uh, but near the end of the week, I began to get chest pains and I began to get arm pains. And this curse was relevant in our family. And we, I, had, I had four aunts and one uncle all die of massive heart attacks before age 55. They were all Jehovah Witness people. My mother had a massive heart attack at age 52. And she survived it, but, you know, that was like 65 years ago and they sent her home and said, she was a pastor then at that time of the Four Square Church in Erie. And they, they told her, resign your church because just to step behind the pulpit, that stress could give you a massive heart attack or stroke. Well, she went home. They, they told her, said, you sit on the couch, have your kids feed, take, cook your meals, and clean your house. That's it. And my, my mother sat on the couch, and she prayed, and she said, Lord, she said, I'm called to preach, and I'm called to win people, and I'm called to tell them about your healing power. And I believe in your healing power, and I'm, getting, I'm ready to come home if I can't preach Sunday. And she was 52, and she, she pre prepared her sermon, and she went Sunday morning, drove herself to church, preached, did that Sunday night, did that Wednesday night, and she did that for 22 years. Never went back to the doctor. That's why I wanted, the, I wanted to be able to make the announcement about tonight, because we're giving out two free books this one is God's Healing Word. It's a practical guide to divine healing. And Trina Hankins, I don't know if you've ever heard the Hankins, Mark and Trina, they pastor church. They're, now they're traveling the world, starting schools. <clears throat> but um, I could take her name out of this book and put my name in there. The things that I went through six months after that attack. Because when I came home, I called, on the way home, I called a cardiologist that I built a house for. And I said, Jack, I said, uh, I need to come into the hospital. You need to check me out. 
they checked me out with that calf in the camera, and they said, you've got six, he called me that, that day, and he said, you've got six blocked arteries. Four will never work. Two are in bad shape. One's at 70 and one's at 90%. The only thing keeping you alive. He said, I would say you've got four months if we don't do open heart surgery tomorrow. Well, because of the fact of what my mother went through, I hung my hat on that for a little while, and I walked out of the hospital. And four times in the Bible, God says, I'm not a respecter of persons. And I said, Lord, if you're not a respecter of persons, what you did for mom, you're going to do for me. And so for the next six months, through trial and error, <laughs> I was immersing myself in the healing power of God, in the scripture, in the healing words of God. And I, I have just a lot of testimonies and a lot of things that I did wrong and a lot of things that I did right. There were times when my faith gauge was down on zero, and I'd go to the Word, and I'd bring it back up, and it did take six months, but I now have six brand-new arteries, supernatural arteries. And I'll, and I'll never be bothered with it again. You say, how can you say that? You don't know. Yeah, I do know, because in Nahum 1-7, I have a covenant with the Lord God, the creator of this universe, and he says, affliction will not arise a second time. So there you have it. I'll never be bothered with it again. So these are the things that I teach and I discuss on, uh, on Sunday night, <clears throat> the third Sunday of every month. The other book I'm giving out is, by the way, Trina had an inoperable an inoperable brain tumor. And <clears throat> she tells what they did because you had six days from the diagnosis to the time they were going in to either take it out or to see if it was cancerous. And she tells what they did during that six days. And I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to come and get the free book. But when they did go in, they came back after the surgery, and they said to her husband, said, Mark, we couldn't find a tumor. The healing power of God is real, and it's for every one of us. Jesus did everything that he could do at Calvary. The rest is up to us to find the way. The rest is up to us to find out what those hindrances are that might keep us from divine healing and deal with it. Some of them are very simple. You know, some of them will take you a little work focusing on the Word of God. This other one is 10 hours to live. Young man, 22 years old, <clears throat> he had what they call Burkitt's uh, lymphoma. When they discovered it, his tumor was the size of a golf ball. Three days later, it was nine inches in diameter, and that's when the doctor told him, you've got 10 hours to live. You need to get this book. All right, they're free. Tonight we're handing them out. So... Putting in my plug for tonight at 6.30. Love to see you all there. Believe me, it, it'll do you good. Yep, you bet. <clears throat> you see, when that hit me, I thought I was in perfect health. And a lot of people that are in perfect health, they say, well, we don't really need to know anything more about healing. Well, I didn't think I did either. And I just, you know, let you know that I was in the Bible. I had Bible studies. I taught Sunday school. <laughs> I led young people. But boy, when it hit... I wasn't ready to fight the good fight of faith. Hmm. Pastor, thank you very That's much. That's a good word. Amen. Amen. All right, tonight, 6.30. Don't miss it. It's going to be amazing. Um, Paul is such a great, Brother Paul is such a great teacher as well. Um, he really, free, well, 
I've been listening to you preach for years and years and years and years, and he just has done a phenomenal job and does a phenomenal job of presenting just the word um, and how we speak and things that we, uh, I know you said you used to put uh, the scriptures on your visor in your car and the mirrors in your house, and it's just amazing. Let me tell you this testimony. This is a great, uh, a great segue into kind of what he's talking about, and we're going to pray for the offering here in a minute. When we were driving, so we went to visit Anna, uh, our oldest daughter, this past week. We went to Rochester, New York. And when we, uh, we woke up yesterday morning at 5 in the morning, got in the car, and drove for three hours home. And we were just like, man, it's going to be a long drive, whatever. So we put on, and you went to sleep, and Liz went back to sleep, which was fine. But I put on the Word of God. And we just put on the Bible app, and it just started playing. We, I, I let that thing play for the entire three hours of the drive. And when I picked up, I think I was in Mark chapter 7, uh, is where I believe it picked up at. And, when, and then I skipped to Acts after Mark was over. And when I got through like two-thirds of the book of Acts. And I'll tell you what, my faith, when I pulled in to Fairview, Pennsylvania... The faith that rose up on the ends, because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I will tell you what, I, it was just like, with God, all things are possible. Let's go. Who needs prayer? What are we going to do? What needs to happen? Like, I was just so on fire. My faith was just so built up. And it was listening to the, Lord, to the word for three straight hours. Like, no, we don't normally do that, right? People don't have time to take three hours, typically, and just listen to the word of God. But it was just like faith just was rising up on the inside of me. And I just, and it all came down to if you believe. If you believe. Do you believe in the word? If you believe, anything's possible. And I just wanted to encourage you with that because, tell you what, coming off of reading the word, and, then, and if you go to Paul's group tonight, I mean, it's just an amazing when you get the word of God on the inside of you. It really radically changes your thoughts, your mind. And then it also begins to change your physical body as well. Amen. Okay, I got a quick scripture here for offering. I'm going to pray over it. It's out of Proverbs 29, uh, verse 18. And it says this. It says, where there is no revelation, some versions say where there's no vision, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. And I wrote this down. Where there is no revelation, another translation says the people run wild. And is that not the world, too, right? I mean, the world, and even Christians sometimes, we have to understand, what is God saying to us? What is God doing? How is God working in our lives? And then saying, I will be obedient to his call, to his word, and what he is going to ask me to go do. And I believe that that is one of the key things where we're talking about finances, we're talking about relationships, whatever it is in our life, I believe this is a key scripture for us to understand. We have to keep Jesus, who is our vision, in front of us at all times. Amen? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for every gift, every giver, Lord. We thank you for these tithes, these offerings, Lord. We lift them up to you today. Father, we just give you praise and honor for uh, debt freedom in Jesus' name in our lives, in the life of this church, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, that you are moving mountains. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you are just a God of increase. You're a God of increase. How you do it, we don't know but we know that you do it, and you are faithful to do it. And so, Father, we just thank you for all these gifts, so we also just pray for this message. You would open our ears and our eyes to see you clearly. In your precious name we pray. Amen? Amen. Okay, so we are in a series 
Uh, it is called The Attributes of God. And we, I think we did it for seven weeks. Then last week we did something a little bit special for Mother's Day. Uh, Pastor Liz was able to share some of the things on her heart as to what she has just been, really, some testimonies. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to see it last week, I'd encourage you to go back on Facebook or listen to the podcast from last week. Uh, but there's a lot of great things that were shared, just testimonies of how good God is and what he is all about. And I'll tell you, one of the things that reminded me of this is as we were driving and I'm listening to the word of God, how many know that we have an enemy? And he brings thoughts to your mind that are not of God, that are not even of you. And as we were driving home, I got the word of God plan. My faith is rising. I'm like, that's right. With God, all things are possible. I'm fired up. I'm like, let's do this. Let's do this. And all of a sudden, I had this thought. Liz is sleeping in the back. It starts to rain. And this thought comes across my mind like, what if you go careening, hydroplane, go careening off the side of the road, and you go smashing down the cliff, and all this thought about scripture and God and supernatural protection all just comes crumbling down. And I, I, started to, I started to think this thought about what would happen to us. And I would look back and I'd be like, oh, baby, I'm sorry. I don't know. And it was like the Lord just arrested my attention. He said, that thought is not from me. Because I am a good God. I am a faithful God. I am a true God. I am a just God. I'm a merciful God. I am a gracious God. And, he did, and I was like, you know what? Oh my gosh. And you know, guys, that happens to us, right? Like whether we're driving in the car or we're sitting down or we're watching TV, all of a sudden our mind just starts thinking about something completely not of him or not of him. And it was just like I had to literally take captive the thought. I heard the thought and I looked at the attributes. That's what we're learning. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. This thought does not line up with God. This is fear. This is anxiety producing. This is from the devil. This is from the enemy. I will take no part in that thought, and I completely rejected it. Amen. And I turned the word of God up a few more notches from 18 to 24. Looking back, make sure I wasn't waking Liz up in the back seat. I had to turn, turn the volume up a little bit. Yeah, I had to turn it up a little bit because it was like I need to hear the word of God. And I had to take captive that thought. Okay, I didn't know. He did not share this with no, me. No, I'm just telling you I now. I did not know. It's fresh. What he doesn't know. Is this on? Yeah. What he doesn't know is that at some point, it's so uncomfortable in the back seat. It's like captain's chairs, and I got pillows shoved in the middle. I woke up, and I saw myself. I saw the car rolling, and I saw myself hitting the ceiling and coming back down. I on. saw it in my head, and I went, nope. Mm. And I laid back down, flipped over, and went back to sleep. Come on. So the enemy does coordinated attacks. Mm. I'm sitting down here flabbergasted. I was like, he doesn't know. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't share that yesterday. He did not share that with <laughs> me, and I did not share that with him. Just so you know, you have a little bit more understanding. Wow. Come on. Like, wow. That was uh, the enemy. Yeah, and he true. really went after you. Then yep. he came after me, and he's just looking for an in. Yeah. He's looking for someone to apply faith to him so that he can have power. Yeah, and right. I said, um, nope. And, that, and you said, um, nope. nope. Turn up the word of God. Here we go. Turn it up. Okay, so the attributes, I've got a slide. These are the attributes that we've already covered. We'll hit them super fast, super quick. Put them all conveniently on one slide for you. Uh, so actually, you can take a picture if you want. If you've missed all these, you can go back and listen to them. Uh, attribute one is God is infinite. Number two was God is immutable, meaning he doesn't change. He never changes. He's always the same, yesterday, today, and forever. 
And these are all, those are foundational ones so that we know that if God is love, God is love today as much as he is yesterday and as much as he'll be tomorrow. God is good. God is wise. God is faithful. And God is merciful. And we talked about God is merciful. He's infinitely, unchangeably compassionate and kind. And so this morning I want to talk about attribute number eight, and I don't know when we'll stop. There's probably an infinite number of attributes, but we're not going to go through them all. But today I want to talk about God is gracious. God is gracious. And many times in the scripture, his mercy and his grace go hand in hand. It says God is merciful and God is gracious. Well, this gracious is he is infinitely inclined to spare the guilty. He is infinitely inclined to spare the guilty. And if you remember what we talked about two weeks ago, mercy, mercy was not getting what we deserve. Mercy was not like, you know what I mean, when you're driving over the speed limit and, you, and there's no cops around. Okay, so technically you broke the law and there's a speeding ticket that should have been yours, but there was mercy in that situation. This is an easy one, right? This is an easy one. But there are times in our lives, in my college days, God showed me much mercy because there were things that I did and experienced that I didn't bear the full consequence of when it happened. And that was God showing mercy. He was showing mercy because God is a merciful God. I was laughing the other day because the kids, uh, they begin to play, uh, we like to play checkers. You know, chess is it's more an advanced game. We like to keep the games fairly simple. So we were playing checkers in the house, and Maggie was playing against Noel. And Maggie, so she's our, she's our five-year-old, almost six. She just likes everything to be accurate and correct. And Noel made a move on the checkerboard, and she let go of her checker and said, no, I would like to, I, I don't like that move, I'm going to move it back, right? And so Maggie, the, the five-year-old, is like, uh-uh, foul. No, 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 no. you got to keep that checker right where it is. Don't you dare move that checker. And Noelle was like, but that's not where I want it to go. And they start going back and forth and back and forth and back. And I said, Maggie, okay, yes, Maggie, that is the rule. That is how exactly how it should be played. But why don't we give Noelle a little bit of mercy and a little bit of grace, knowing that that isn't really where she wanted to move, and we'll allow her to... Get, let this one change for this one time. And she kind of sat there. <laughs> Fine. And so since she was like on guard, she's like, I gave you that one. I'm not giving you any more. But aren't you glad that God is not like that? Aren't you so glad that God is not, I love Maggie. She's not here. She's in, her, she's in the top of the room. That is not like Maggie, who is so into the rule. And if you miss that rule, even just by a little bit, you will pay. You will pay all the way. And there's no going back. Oh my goodness. Thank goodness God is not that way. Right? Because life is like a game. It's a game of checkers, right? We're moving places. We're like, no, I didn't want to go there. And it's like, man, thank goodness he allows us to move back a space and redecide on that decision or, or make a different move in our life because he is merciful. So if mercy is not getting what we deserve, then grace is getting what we don't deserve. It's like this mercy and grace combo. It's like God's mercy takes, stops things from happening that probably should, and us going to eternal damnation, separated from God, going to hell. His mercy stops us from going there. But his grace propels us 
to something even better. He, that grace that God had propels us to eternal life. That grace that God gives us on a day-to-day basis allows us to breathe. We have grace. Church, you are all here by the grace of God. We say that word a lot. Like we just, we kind of like use, ah, by the grace of God, by the grace of God. Yeah, by the grace of God. We are able to breathe. We are here. His mercy and his grace go hand in hand. Here's what I love. The definition of grace is God's unmerited favor. Unmerited. Merit. Meaning you did not work to get this favor. Come on, church. You did, God's unmerited favor. You did not earn it. You did not earn your salvation. It wasn't by your good works. It wasn't by because you were nice to the Wegmans checkout person, even though you didn't want to. Good for you. I'm not always that great at the checkout line. Okay? But that is not what earns. You can't earn your way to heaven. You can't earn God's grace. It is freely given. It is a gift. His mercy and his grace are a gift that is given to us. It's unmerited. It's not fair. But I'll take it. Come on, church, yeah? It's not fair. I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. Why did he spare me? Because he loves me. Because he's good. He's faithful. The definition of this grace is God's unmerited favor. Look in Psalm 145, verse 8. It says that the Lord is gracious. He's gracious. We're talking about an attribute of God. God is gracious. He is gracious and full of compassion. Slow to anger. Slow to anger. Come on, parents. We're not always quite as, as good at this, at this one here. Slow to anger and great in mercy. Look at that. He is gracious, full of compassion. Slow to anger and great in mercy. This mercy that covers our failures and this grace that covers our shortcomings because we cannot earn it on our own. There are three types of grace. There's probably more types of grace, but I want to give you just three. And I'm sorry to my beautiful daughter, whose name is Grace, who probably thinks I keep calling her name constantly throughout the message. Love you, girl. Okay, there are three types of grace that we can see in the Bible. The first one is a common grace. The first one is a common grace. This is a grace that's common to everybody. It's a gift to all of mankind. It's the reason you're here. The reason why your eyes are able to be open. It's the blessing and provision of life in general. It is a common grace that has been given to us all, both believer and unbeliever alike. How do I know that? Matthew 5.45 says this. It says that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he... God makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the what? On the just and the unjust. Which means God, this graciousness of this common grace that God affords us, that he gives, this is to all mankind. The son came up again. What movie were we just watching? with Peter Rabbit. Has anybody seen the movie Peter Rabbit? Those who have kids, okay, and Peter Rabbit, there's a, there's a rooster that crows. Think of common grace like this. This is a rooster that crows every morning when the sun comes up. 
he does this group, and then he goes like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it, it happened again, the sun came up again, he was just, I mean, he's so fired up, he's like super excited that the sun came up again, so maybe that's what a rooster's actually thinking when you hear a rooster crow, I have no idea, okay, I don't get in the rooster's brain, right, but so the rooster is something that we can understand, this is a common grace, the sun came up again this morning, it's a common grace afforded to all of us, that each of us have, is being part of humankind. The air we breathe, the food we eat, the beauty we see, it's, it's really for all, all people a common grace. The second type of grace that we see is called a saving grace. A saving grace. This is what songs are written about. Amazing grace, yeah? It is this grace that is able to save us from eternal damnation and be able to create a relationship with God Almighty, a personal relationship with God himself. Can't do it on your own. Can't make it happen on your own. It is a saving grace. It is different from a common grace. This saving grace, all of humanity gets the common grace, but only those who profess and believe and put their faith in Christ Jesus, receive the saving grace. That's it. There is one way to heaven, one way to heaven, and it's through Jesus Christ. You have a choice. I have a choice. We have a choice, the Bible says, and this is a reality of the world we live. We have a choice to either reject Jesus or accept him and believe that he is who he says he is. He did what he said he did. And I believe in him for all of eternity with him. So this saving grace, Ephesians 2 sums this up so well, starting in verse 4. Ephesians 2, verse 4. Lord, thank you for amazing grace. Thank you for amazing grace. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of why his great love for which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Even when we were dead in trespasses, his great mercy has made us alive together with Christ. It says, by grace, you have been saved. God's graciousness. God's graciousness is what allows us to be saved. Verse 6, this grace doesn't save us only, but it also raises us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Verse 7, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, we've already talked about this, not and not of yourselves. It is what a gift of God. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, we are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now is that not a picture of grace? The saving grace, this amazing grace, leads us to be with him for all of eternity, but also raises us up together. We sit in heavenly places. We can partake in his exceeding riches. It is a gift of God. When we begin to realize we are his workmanship, created in him to do good works that he has on this earth for us to go do. 
Now that's some kind of grace. That is some kind of grace. And Jesus makes all of this possible. And then the third type of grace we can see is an anointed grace. What do I mean by this anointed grace? What are we talking about here? This anointed grace is God's given you an ability to do what you cannot do on your own. It's an anointed grace. It is the ability for a mom to be a mom even when she can't do it all on her own. It is anointing to allow me, someone who is not someone who ever wanted to do public speaking, to be able to infuse an anointing inside of me to be able to preach the gospel message. It's an anointing. It is a grace. This word grace, uh, the root of this word of anointing, of this grace, of these gifts, it's from the same word as grace that we see in the Bible. Romans 12, 6 says this, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Each of us have a grace. Each of us have an anointing. And God has given us not just this common grace, thank goodness we get to breathe, not just a saving grace, thank goodness I get to be in eternity with him for all of eternity with him in heaven. Not just those amazing, wonderful, blessed things, but then an anointed grace to be able to do what I can't do on my own. Is that not a great message from the Lord? He has given this grace. This grace spans the entire well-being of our lives. It touches every single part of it. It's the air we breathe. It's our salvation. And then it's the ability to do something that we couldn't do on our own. Man, this anointed grace that we have. Different according to the grace that is given to us, let them use those graces that he has given. If prophecy, then let us prophesy in proportion of faith. If it's ministry, let us minister. If it's teaching, let us teach. If it's exhorting, let us exhort. If it's one who gives, let him give. And it goes on and on and it talks about these gifts, but each of those is a gift from God. His grace, his anointed grace on us. Why? Because God is gracious. Philippians 4.13 Many of us know this verse, we quote it, we write it down, we probably have it posted a couple places in our house, because when you have a lot of kids, and you got a lot of stuff going on, you need to say this verse over and over and over again, it says, I can do all things, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Read it again, a little bit slower. I can do all things because I tried really hard. And I worked really hard at getting all these things done. Nope. Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ. Through his grace. Through his anointing. Through his goodness. Through his faithfulness. You can do these things because of Christ. Because of Jesus. Because of who he is in your life. Because it is he who strengthens you. This God's grace, this anointed grace, gives us the ability to do things that we could not do on our own. So what is our response to God's grace? What is our response to these graces that we have? Sid, if you want to come up here, I'm going to close with these four responses that we have. The first one is to remember to take time to thank him. Church, can we take time to thank God? Every day, a moment here, there, while you're in the car, 
while you're in the shower, while you're preparing breakfast, while you're eating. I know many of us, I see it's like when I go out, it's almost sometimes people are shocked when we go out to eat and we pray before we eat. People are just like head snapping. Like this is an uncommon thing. We were at, we were at Butch's restaurant a couple weeks back uh, and we were talking about, I think we prayed over our meal and there was a guy in the corner. He was just like, he turned and he looked at us. He's like, wow, this is amazing. And he was going on and on. He's all fired up and he was like a missionary to like race car drivers or something. I don't know what all happened, but it was just, we took some time to thank God and it was like, boom. Could we do that today, tomorrow? Can we just even do it now, just for a second? Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for your grace. Lord, we thank you for your common grace, your saving grace, your anointed grace. Lord, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Lord, help us to remember to take time each day to thank you. To sit in your presence, to hear your voice, and to just thank you for who you are. Thank you, Lord. The second thing that we need to remember is this, is that grace for tomorrow will be in tomorrow. This one is for me. Maybe it's just me. Grace for this weekend, Al, will be in this weekend. Come on. Let's get married. Okay? Grace for tomorrow will be in tomorrow. We cannot worry about tomorrow when we're sitting in today. Because the grace for tomorrow isn't in today. You understand that? It's in tomorrow. So we're here, we're worried, and we're thinking about this issue, that issue, whatever it is, and we're straining today, and we're trying to get grace for something that isn't even here yet. The Bible says his mercies are new every day, his grace is new every day, and tomorrow's grace will be there for you. Because he is faithful, because the sun rises up, because he has such grace in his common grace, his saving grace, his anointed grace, all of that grace is available for you tomorrow. So leave it in tomorrow. And man, this is for me, man. I've been struggling with this. I started thinking about everything that the week has to do. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this and prepare this and prepare that. And when I go on my prayer walk in the morning, as soon as I start walking, I'm just like, Lord, I'm, th I'm thinking about, you know, this meeting on Tuesday and this thing on Thursday. And he always just like stops me right there. It's like, yeah, you can lift those up in prayer to me. That's fine. But you can't stay there. You can't stay worrying about tomorrow when you're in today. So my grace is sufficient for you, but it's sufficient for you with tomorrow's issues in tomorrow. My grace is sufficient for you right now, today. We have to remember that the grace for tomorrow will be in tomorrow and live in his grace that he has for us today. We also have to remember that he makes up the gap. Every one of us has shortcomings. Every one of us can't do all things on our own. But we have to remember that it is God who gives us the strength. It is God who makes up the gap. And we're there, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough, I'm not whatever enough. Yeah, that's true, but he is. He is, and you have him with you, and that grace that he has for you is able to help you to do the things that you couldn't do 
on your own. Church, and I want you to remember this morning that you can do what he has called you to do. Moms, you can do it. Dads, you can do it. In your jobs, if you work outside the home, you can do it. Why? Because of his anointed grace. Because you can do what he has called you to do. He doesn't call you to do something. He actually calls you to do something that you can't do on your own. How about that for a message one day? If you're truly following God and his calling on your life, he is stretching you beyond your ability of what you can do on your own because you then have to rely on him. Leading this church was beyond our ability. Leading it through a change of a founding pastor who's been here for 30 years and then throw COVID on top of it and all this other stuff that happened, only God could help us through all that. It was not another John Maxwell leadership book that I needed to read in order to figure out how to navigate this. Look, I love John Maxwell. Nothing against it. I got a lot of his books. But you understand that it is him who makes the way. It is him who can help you to do what you're called to go do. And you have to trust and rely on him and let him make up the gap. He is the one who can do it. And then we have to remember, lastly, that we have to give grace to others. As we leave here this morning, we have to remember, just like Maggie was able to give some grace to Noel for the checkers move, that we too can give grace to others because God's grace was given to us. And sometimes we have to tell a story to ourselves about why somebody did something. And you may not know if that story is true or untrue, but sometimes it helps us to tell a story of why someone cut us off in traffic. Well, maybe they're rushing to the hospital for something. And it allows us to give grace to the other person for just a moment. It is not our job to try to hold everyone accountable to everything all the time. If that's your calling in life, come see me after church. Because I think maybe you're not hearing completely clearly. It's the Holy Spirit's job to do the conviction. Come on, church. It's our job to love like Jesus loved. It's our job to show grace to others even when they don't deserve it. Parents, how many of you have shown grace to your children even when they don't deserve it? Just, yeah. We have to give grace to others. Why? Because God gave us grace. So bow your heads this morning as we close. Just want to pray with you for a moment. We do have some group leaders, some prayer leaders who are going to come up front here even now as I'm saying this prayer. They'll be available here to pray with you after church. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. You say this message was for me, this whole service was for me, and you just want to pray with someone and be in agreement with them on whatever it is in your life. They're here for you, and they will pray with you. Just close your eyes this morning. And just as we started in, with communion, 
that we would just see God's grace flood through our heart. That His grace, the blood of the spotless Lamb, covering every door, changing every room in our heart. Washing things clean, made new, made fresh because of His grace. So Father, we just come before You and we thank You. We worship You and thank You for Your grace, Lord. We thank You each day for the breath that we breathe. We thank You each day, Jesus, what You've done for us on the cross. And each day we thank You for the anointing to do what is in front of us to do. Father, would you help us to leave tomorrow and tomorrow? That we would understand that your grace is sufficient for us today. That we would receive your grace for every situation and every circumstance in our life. And Lord, that we would be reminded that you make up the gap. That we wouldn't focus on our shortcomings, we wouldn't focus on our failures but we would focus that you are the one who makes up the gap. And Lord, that we would remember that you can do what you've called us to go do. Whether it's a mom, a single mom, a dad, as an employer, as an employee, everything that life has. Husband, wife, you can do it because he has given you the anointed grace to do it. And Lord, that you would help us to remember to give grace to others this day, this week, this month, this year. And we worship you, and we praise you, and we glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Again, the prayer team is up here. I want to end with this benediction out of Revelation uh, chapter 1. Just receive this benediction. Grace to you and peace from Him who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before His throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of this earth. To Him who loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. And He has made us kings and priests to His God and Father. To Him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen? Amen. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Be blessed.